episode 147, Then and Now. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk sex, love, and commitment. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. Welcome back, all of you that are listening to this. We are right in the middle of December, and uh, so happy to have you join us this week. We've um, just been, we've had a few experiences over the last week where listeners are starting to find out that their friends are listening to us and and didn't even know that that connection was happening. Um, I, I have to share one story before we jump into the podcast, but I was at a networking event and a woman that I'd met a couple months ago told her about one. She comes up to me and says, oh my gosh, I was looking at to see who's following you, who your fans are. And I saw two of my friends who live on the other side of the country, girls I grew up with. And she said, and, and I didn't even realize that they had been sharing your stuff prior to meeting you, you know, because you see your friends right. post stuff up on Facebook and you're like, yeah, you know, they shared something. And so I just, I'm so tickled with how one is growing and how you all are sharing the word, um, sending the podcast out there, sharing it with your friends. It's just, it's very exciting and it is a huge gift to us. Sure that all is. of you do that. Um, we, as always, anytime that you want to get in touch with us, if you want to share some of these other one extraordinary marriage connections that you're finding out that your friends are listening to us, or if you, you know, if you just want to shout out to us and tell us where you're at, cause you know, I love knowing where you guys are from, right? Give us a call. The listener feedback line. You can reach us at any time. 858-876-5663. You can send us an email at info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. And know, as always, and we will say this every week because there are new listeners every week, your email comments, your phone calls to us, those are all kept anonymous. If we do decide to read a portion or play a portion on the air, your identifying information is going to be left off because we want to get your story out to the audience. We want your story to be a story of hope, something that we can use to encourage others. And that's why we choose the anonymity yeah. behind that. That is true. You've got a big smile on your face. Oh, it's just a beautiful day. And I'm excited to be behind the microphone. And, and this is, I, I, I do have to share that little part because you guys often hear us saying how while well, we're recording at night, the kids just went to bed or, or whatnot. And we are actually trying something a little different. There will be no footsteps running out in the middle of this podcast. We're so excited to share with you that we are podcasting during the day. We are wide awake. It is morning. We are, you know, we're still in our studio uh, here at the house, but we are, we're having fun with it. Right. We're trying something new and, you know, love your feedback. If you, if it sounds a little different uh, with the exception of the fact that I have a cold, uh, all the other feedback, you know, just don't write in to tell me that I sound a little foggy. Cause <laughs> I already know. So then and now, we received an email from a listener this past week and she hit on something that I feel like we've talked about in bits and pieces over the last two and a half years, but never really sat down with you guys and said, this is where we were then and here's where we are now. Right. If you go back all the way to episode four, if you haven't listened to that one, that one is called listener feedback and we share bits of our story, you know, sort of those three big points that we have gone through in life, financial debt, loss of a child, my 18 year addiction to pornography. 
And we've talked about those because those are defining moments in our lives and in our marriage. We never have really talked about how did it all begin almost five years ago, or it is five years ago now when we did the 60 days of sex challenge, what was our marriage like before we did that? You know, are, were we where we are today? I mean, happy and chipper and doing the intimacy lifestyle and all that. I would love to say yes. Unfortunately, no. And that's what we want to go into today to really give you guys that view and open up and say, this is who we are and this is where we were. Mm -hmm. Because many of you come writing to us going, well, I can't have a marriage like you because this is what I'm dealing with, this and this and this. Believe me, we understand. We've been there. And it's just taken us five years to get to where we are. So do I believe that you can get here? By all means, yes. It's time, patience, being able to work with each other, being able to look at yourself, and more importantly than not, it's taking action. It's taking action at something, one thing, not everything, but one thing. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we start going through where we were then. Mm -hmm. She had written in, she said, I was wondering how you would describe your marriage before your 60 days of sex, before the podcast. I was wondering how you went from there, wherever there was, to being willing to have sex for 60 days straight. Where I am, I can't imagine doing 60 days of sex with a husband I feel so emotionally distant from. Just curious. And I will tell you, you know, if you all will just journey back with me about five, six, ten years, Tony and I did not have a great marriage. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't even call it a good marriage. We knew after Tony had hiked the PCT, the Pacific Crest Trail, uh, he had been gone for 138 days. This was four years into our marriage. And that was one of the lowest points in our marriage when he came back. We've shared with you all that he, the readjustment to from living in, out of a backpack to being smack dab in the middle of Orange County, California, was definite culture shock. There was depression there that we didn't realize at the time, even though we'd been warned about it. Those of you that have listened to Tony, some of you have been fortunate enough to meet him, know that my husband tends to ride only in the glass is half full side of life. Mm -hmm. He is the eternal optimist, sees the good in everything. And so even though people had told me he might go through a depression when he came back from the trail, I, I, I didn't believe it. I was like, seriously, not my husband. Then I was suddenly married to the guy who wasn't getting off the couch all day. Right. And after about a month of that, came home from work one day at lunch and said, I, I was looking at divorce attorneys at lunchtime. I, I can't live like this. I need you engaged. You are not engaging with me. You are just living on my couch. If you were married, if we weren't married, I'd kick you out because at least, you know, I could get a roommate that would pay half the bills and do something. You know, and we really had to, we really had to struggle through that point because I knew that I still cared deeply for him. And I even told him like, I know deep down, I still love you, but this thing that we got going on right now, this is not working for me. I, I need you back. I, I need like, you have to leave the apartment, hun. You got to get out there. Like, can I push you out the door? And, and uh, you know, a lot of tears. That was the that was the defining point in our marriage, though, I will tell you, because that was the day that we decided that divorce was not going to be an option in our vocabulary. Right. Defining moment. Didn't 
it didn't change things for the better. It just meant that we were going to grit our teeth through whatever came after that point. Mm-hmm. And we did. You know, the next couple of years, we ended up leaving friends and family, moving all the way up to Spokane, Washington, mm-hmm. where we didn't know a soul to just kind of, you know, get back to nature. I, 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 It's so funny. I look back, I'm like, why did we decide to do that? And it was really because we knew at the time that we needed to set some boundaries around our marriage within the confines of the family. And Spokane seemed like a good spot because <laughs> we, yeah. went, we went in September instead of going in January. And to all our Spokane listeners, and we know a lot of you are in Spokane, after living in California for so long, I just can't do winter anymore. Yeah, the fall, spring, and summer are beautiful up there. If, if, it was, if it was fall, spring, and summer up there all year round, I'd do it. I love that place. Really, if I could skip, you know, kind of the October to May part where it snows, yeah, perfect. It's a fabulous place to live. Uh, and I know many of you, you love your seasons, and I'm not, I'm not bashing on the seasons. It just, it wasn't the right fit for us after being in California. And that's where we got pregnant with Alex. So that another dynamic shifter. All of a sudden, there's this little screaming child who was kind of high maintenance. Right. And, and we hadn't worked through a lot of our issues by any stretch of the imagination by this point in time. I mean, we were just dealing. A big thing that happened during that time was, you know, we did come together and realize that we wanted to get out of debt together. And so that was a big force for us to connect because it really caused us and made us talk a lot and work together in a way that we had never done before in our marriage. So that was like one of the big things that had happened for us while we were up there. And that was huge. It allowed us to talk about our finances more openly and freely than we ever had before. We still were at a point though that sex, um, romance, passion, wasn't really talked about it. We didn't, I mean, other than picking up maybe the, um, nightlight, nightlight devotional from, Mm -hmm. from the Dobsons. We were able to pick that up. We did that together, but to really hone in into our sexual intimacy, that wasn't there. So as we went through life, we weren't really honing in on anything. I mean, we were just sort of passing by each other. Yes. We talked about our finances. Yes. We got out of financial debt, which was awesome to do together that solidified that area in our life. But as we got closer to the 60 days of sex challenge, not much had really changed. Our communication was still lacking. We didn't talk about sex that much to each other other than maybe in the bedroom. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, you know, as you're replaying this and we're going back in time, I don't remember ever going on a date with you after we got married. Like, I don't remember, I don't remember having romance Mm -hmm. in our marriage. I can't honestly think about like one time where I was like, wow, he just swept me off my feet. I I can't remember that. And I, I have a pretty good memory, so Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm blocking things out. I just don't think, I think we stopped. Right. I think we said I do. And then we didn't. Well, we did go out the night right before Alex was born, but that's because you're... Folk- I was hungry. Yeah. I, it, wasn't because, it wasn't because we were having a date. It was because I was hungry and I didn't want to cook because I was nine months pregnant. That was right. not a date. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad we're grasping for straws. The, the thing was, and I hope that you're hearing this, is that we did not communicate. Right. 
it was very surface level. We did not dig deep into our sex life at all. I, I mean, there are still no. times where I'm kind of like, wow, Alex, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I know how Alex happened, but the fact that Alex even happened is a miracle on some level because we just weren't connecting. We didn't talk about our relationship. Mm-hmm. It was there, you know, the big elephant in the room, but we just, we walked around it. It was okay. If we were having problems, you know, as we've shared in previous podcasts, if we got into a, an argument or a disagreement, I just stopped talking. Right. I just shut down. You you just wait until I've processed it and allow it to blow over. And when I feel like the situation's over, then it will be over. That was, that was how we operated. We didn't talk about it. It just kind of got, you know, the, the, the pile under the rug just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And while it was great to have this common goal for our finances and to work on that, it didn't, solving that one piece of the puzzle didn't fix the entire problem. Right. We were still lacking on so many intimacies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those of you that have children, you know that when you throw a child into the equation, it definitely upsets the apple cart and it causes new stresses. Oh, yeah. Because all of a sudden the dynamic between the husband and the wife are different. And, you know, the dynamic between the mother and the child and the father and the child, and you're trying to keep all of these relationships up in the air. Most of the time, new parents, I I will own this. As a new mom, I did not do this well. I was solely focused on Alex. It was all about him. Tony was there mean, you know, solely as a means to maybe change an occasional diaper and hold him if I had to take a shower. Mm. And that was really, that was where the relationship, you know, kind of ground to a halt again. Because I was so focused on my child that I forgot that it took somebody else to help me have that child. And, and, and I know that I am not alone in this. I know that there are moms all over this planet who have bought into the whole kids first, husband second philosophy. It is prevalent. Our society tells us that our kids should be everything. They should be, you know, everything revolves around the kids and their activities and, you know, making sure they're these wonderfully well-rounded, fully activityed kids, beings, and forget about your spouse. And I know because we've bought into this at various times in our marriage. Yeah. Oh, we totally have. And so prior to starting the 60 days, we were there hook, line and sinker, you know, two kids, you know, just sort of working around each other. And at that point in time, you know, for me personally, before the 60 days, what I'd say, I know what Elisa liked, didn't like what her concerns were, where she was. No, I had none of that information. I didn't ask that information. She did not provide that information to me. And so I can totally relate to many of you who write in who go, there's a disconnect in our marriage because there was a disconnect in our marriage too. We didn't, we didn't spend the time like we talk about now that we do then. Mm-hmm. We just didn't, you know? And that was me grasping for straws, bringing that up to see if we could do something to basically cause an earthquake in this marriage. You know, shake it up so much, rattle it so much that we could almost start anew. You know, earthquakes here in California, prevalent, they happen, we live with them. And when the big one hits, and we've seen smaller ones hit, they level buildings. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You got to rebuild those buildings. And so 
in my thought process was if we do something radical, something crazy, spend time just doing this and nothing else for the next 60 days, what's going to happen? What could possibly happen? And again, Elisa says, I'm the optimist and I am. And I was going, you know what? It could radically change our marriage. It could change who we are. And it did. But again, let's talk about then before it all happened and Elisa, where she was at. This is, um, for some of you that have struggled with weight issues, what I'm about to say may, may irritate you. Uh, when I, after Alex was born, something happened to my metabolism and I ended up losing substantially more weight than I'd put on during my pregnancy. Uh, when I first got pregnant with Alex, I was about 125, 130 pounds gained roughly 30, 35 pounds. Then when I lost the weight, I lost an additional 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. So I was down to 107 pounds on my five foot seven frame. And not healthy, at, not healthy, not I mean, healthy at all. I, I mean, it was just emaciated. Yeah. Not healthy. I, I knew like I hit the, the absolute low point when my mother-in-law and I, I don't hold this against her. It was just one of those statements that I think will always stick with me. And she didn't say it from a, from a mean spirit. She said it out of concern, but she, we were taught, we scrapbooked together. And she was saying that I had lost so much weight that she was starting to cut me out of the pictures mm -hmm. because I, I just, I was like Tony said, I was emaciated. And so I can relate to those of you that say whether, you know, you've, you're too thin or you're too heavy. I understand that when you do not feel good in your skin, when you cannot be naked in front of the mirror and be like, wow, look at that girl. Look at that guy. It is hard to be intimate. It is hard to get naked in front of your spouse because I did not want Tony looking at my body. Mm. I, I literally felt like skin and bones and the doctors told me there was nothing wrong. And I said, well, fabulous. Can you tell me where this 20 pounds went? Because I'd like to have it back. I really enjoyed actually having a little fat under my skin. Um, and they couldn't, they just told me everything fell within the normal ranges. And so it took about three years, two and a half, three years, mm. right about the time that we started the 60 days where my weight was starting to come back in line with where it should be. And I will tell you, those of you that struggle with weight issues, get physical, start finding ways that you can exercise that you, I don't care if you can take a hundred foot walk up and down your street with the that's all that you can do before you get winded. Do it. When you start to move your body, just like I, you know, was able to get my weight balanced and I started exercising. I took up Taekwondo of all things, totally random, but I started, I started doing something with my body, trying to build muscle, trying to get that appetite to where I would actually take in calories so that I would put on the weight there have been other times in my life where I had to lose weight. When Tony and I first met, I was 150 pounds. So I've been all over the spectrum with this man. Mm -hmm. And what I, you know, when you're at kind of your set weight, where you, when your body's where it's supposed to be, I will tell you, it is a wonderful thing to be able to be comfortable in my own skin around my husband, but it did not come easily. It took a lot of time. And there are still days where, I, you know, if there have been a couple of weeks where I haven't worked out, I'm like, ugh. You know, but I know what the fix is. And, and that's, that's where I was coming into the 60 days. Abby was 
two at the time that we started. And so I was just getting my weight back, but I'd gone through five years of having serious weight issues. And so when you guys write in and say, yeah, you know, I'm too heavy. I'm, I'm thin. I don't know what to do. I hear your pain because I will tell you it is hard. And I know that, you know, it's hard. Mm-hmm. to be physically intimate, to want to see your spouse naked. And, and really, this should be, your spouse should be the one person that's like looking at your body going, wow, I can't wait to get my hands on that. Right. But a lot of that in your spouse, that level of desire in your spouse comes from you feeling good about your own skin. Mm-hmm. You know, I walk around with a level of confidence in my body that I have not had before. That came partly as a result of the 60 days because I made a commitment to Tony that we were going to do this for 60 days. And I will tell you, you know, I, I tend to be on the more pessimistic side in our relationship. So when he asked, I said no immediately because I could think of all of the reasons why this wasn't going to work. I could think about being tired, having two kids under the five and under. I could think about, you know, the laundry and the dishes and the crumbs on my skin all day long and the, you know, snotty noses. And well, what about getting the groceries done? And won't we be tired? And you want to name the excuse, folks. I said it. Right. And before this too, having sex wasn't something like we have today. We didn't have the intimacy lifestyle. And really, I think we may have had sex maybe once a week. Maybe less. I really cannot remember at this time. It wasn't much. It wasn't like we are doing what we do today with the intimacy lifestyle and talking about different positions and, and trying new things. It was the same thing. It was, you know, it was in our bed. It was lights off. It was a missionary position. Those were the three things I can remember that we did every single time. So we came from a place of just very constrained we were we really constrained ourselves of what we could do. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what we believed it could be, and this was it. We weren't going to go any further than this. And even though we may have tried a couple of different positions because we did have the Joy of Sex book, those were few and far between. Now, it's at a point where we'll try different things multiple times in one lovemaking session. Because we know it's fun and we'll always go to the standard if we, we need to get to that point. We'll go to the missionary and we'll, we'll finish ourselves off that way. But before this, again, we weren't talking about sex. We weren't talking to each other about our emotional intimacy or our spiritual intimacy. And so for me, it was just a lackluster marriage. Mm-hmm. It was. And Elise, and I want to bring up something with Elisa's weight too. Her being so physically thin was a turnoff for me. It was. I mean, her hip bones were so prominent. I mean, I remember just trying to even be next to her. And I mean, they were poking me. And as much as you may be cringing when you hear that, it's honest truth. I mean, I just, I didn't like the way she looked. I mean, it was just so emaciated and so thin and her face was so gaunt. I loved who she was though. She was and still is my wife. That person inside her, that's who I focused in on. Yes, the physical part wasn't there, but I did focus in on 
who she was, the person that she is, and that she brought to this marriage. And that's what I honed in on. And so coming up to the 60 days of sex, you know, here we are, we're going, what are we going to do? When Elisa says yes, our action plan was, okay, we're going to have sex once a day. And having done that and taken action, and this is the key, folks, you got to be willing to take the action to move forward, even if there is failure within moving forward. But at least you're trying something to make a change. There's too many of you who are listening right now who just listen and don't do anything about it. Guess what? Nothing's going to happen in your marriage. Just isn't. Doesn't happen through osmosis. You know, Elisa and I talking to you isn't going to change your marriage. You taking action in some way will. And here's the big thing, though. Too many of us are information overload. So we're trying too many things at one time. And so everything fails and falls apart. And then we just go, it didn't work. Well, the problem is, is you're taking on too many things. And here's an example. When we were doing the 60 days of sex, it came up probably a week, two weeks in was like, oh, you know what? Let's pray together too. So now let's do the sex thing, which we want to do. And let's read sort of a devotional read from the Bible and let's pray. We did that for about three, four days. And we're like, you know what? This is just too much. The goal of this right now is for us to be sexually intimate together, connect sexually, learn about that, communicate more, learn about each other more and how we deal as sexual beings. Then we'll work on some of the other stuff. And so really we wiped everything off our slate. We, we try to take as much off of our, our plate as we could so that way, each and every day, we were spending time together sexually. And you guys have heard us talk about this. I can't even describe the difference in my marriage now. You know, when we made that decision to do the 60 days and we cleared everything off. And, and I remember driving. We were taking the kids to the sitters one night. And I remember driving down this road to get to the sitters and looking at Tony and just saying, you know, we've had some of the most amazing conversations over the last few weeks. And it was because we'd brought that spark back to our marriage. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, we're talking about more than can you pick up milk on your way home from school and this kid or that kid's picking on the other one. And I know you know what I'm talking about when I say that your conversations, for many of you, are sitting at the surface level. You've gotten so wrapped up in all the day-to-day, we just have to survive that you've stopped thriving in your marriages. And that, that was what had changed when we'd made the commitment to do the 60 days of sex. Right. We started thriving. We realized that there were some things that we had made into mountains in the past, big issues, big hairy issues, like, oh, he didn't take out the garbage can or she didn't do the dishes or why aren't the kids in bed or why isn't the laundry folded? When you're trying to have sex with somebody on a regular basis, when you're making intimacy a priority, I'm going to tell you, you just don't want to be grumbling about that stuff. It's not worth it. it it's, it's a real mood killer, mm-hmm. you know, because somebody is not going to want to have sex with you if you were just arguing with them about the garbage or the toilet seat being up or, you know, you didn't do the one thing I asked you to do today and that was the only thing I asked you to do and rah, 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 you know, you sound like a, you know, a dog um, just chomping at the chain. 
the reality is, folks, is that our lives now are night and day different. Night and day different from where they were before we started the 60 days. And it's not just the fact that we get to connect with you on a weekly basis. It is the fact that I know my husband cherishes me now. I did not know that before. I did not know how important I was to him because we never spent the time investing in those conversations. We never spent the time to just be with each other. You know, I told you I didn't remember dating him after we got married. Now there is not a month that goes by that we don't make time to get out at least once, if not more times during the month. Our kids know how important date night is that every once in a while they'll be like, don't don't you guys need a date night? That's how important it is. Our, Our relationship, my sex life, I get the privilege of telling people on a, on a daily basis, on a you know weekly basis, if I'm seeing them at networking groups or wherever I'm speaking, I get the privilege and the joy of telling people all the time that my sex life gets better every day. And then they ask me, well, you know, how long have you been married? And the minute I start saying anything that's got a teen in the number, because we're at 16 right now, people are looking at me like I've got four heads. How do you, what do you, what are you doing? Well, I I will tell you, it starts off by making a decision to have sex regularly. The intimacy lifestyle makes a difference, folks. That is one of the huge things that has changed. Yeah. And we did get a call in and let's play that real quick because he has a question here for us that deals with that. Thank you for the great podcast and uh, blog that you provide. Uh, your readers and listeners, uh, it's been a help for me and getting me through hard times. Um, but the reason I'm calling and the question I would like to see if you have an answer is um, my wife and I, we've been married over six years, and one of the we've always had struggled with intimacy when it comes to having sex, and it's always been a struggle where we're on having sex regularly and then off and then, you know, getting back on the saddle is difficult uh, for us. Uh, And I think it stems from uh, hurt issues in the past as well as uh, confidence, especially on my part uh, in the bedroom. Uh, All right. So main question here is, you know, they're, they're having sex sort of on again, off again, when they go through long periods of time, when they're not having sex, it's hard to get back in the saddle. And Elisa and I can totally relate. We we get it because it's almost like you're strangers again. Mm-hmm. And what do you do to get back to that sexual part of your relationship? We did a podcast that I want you guys to listen to. It's 141, Flirting Your Way Back. Because I think the big, the big problem we face here is we want to have sex again. We're not doing all the little things we need to do to get to there. So we need to ramp up. You know, it's it's like little baby steps. We got to take little baby steps so we can have the sex we want. So please listen to episode 141. Two is listen to episode 140 and that's scheduling sex. And that's the intimacy lifestyle that keeps it going each and every week. And that will really teach you guys how to set that up in your marriage. And for each of us, 
it's going to be different. The intimacy lifestyle for Elise and I, I believe it's the best way to do it. Honestly, two times a week, we each initiate one time during that week. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Listen to episode 140, uh, scheduling sex, and you'll get all the details there. And that's, those were two of the big things that came out of the, the 60 days of sex. You know, when you ask us where we were before the podcast, where we were before the 60 days of sex, we weren't there. There was nothing scheduled in our life. There was, there was no schedule for our intimacy. Now, because of the intimacy lifestyle, we know that with the exception of the weeks that I'm having my period, we're having sex twice a week. Mm-hmm. That's happening. And Here's the special thing about the podcast. We talk to you guys about communication all the time. I don't think you'll have an episode out of the 146 that we've done where we haven't talked about communication in some way, shape, or form. Right. The reality is is that the podcast forces us now to sit down once a week for anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes and have a conversation. Yes, you all are listening Yes, this is, you know, something that we are thrilled to share with you, but the number one most important thing about the podcast is that Tony and I sit down and have a conversation. It is the number one thing that you guys can do for your marriage heading into 2013. You can schedule, more important than scheduling date night, more important than scheduling sex, you can schedule the time to talk to each other. Right. And here's why it's so important. You're not going to get to the sex part and you're not going to get to great date nights if you're not talking to each other. You've got to make a decision. You want to go from there, wherever there is in your marriage where things are not so good, where you know they're going okay, but they're not fabulous. Wherever you are, you want to take it to the next level. You want to see some extraordinary things happen in your marriage. You got to start talking to your spouse again. Right. You've got to find ways to engage them, whether you're, you know, you've signed up for our newsletter and you're getting the 77 questions to get the conversation started, whether you've picked up the he zigs, she zags, uh, communication audio program. Thank you. All of a sudden there were a lot of words there that I, I'm like, I can't get it out. See, he's my, he's my backup. You know, these are ways that you can start working on that communication piece, because I will tell you, once you start communicating, once you start really connecting at that emotional level with your spouse, the sex is going to be like fireworks. Right. And it may mean for some of you that you need to grow up yourself at the same time. You need to search your own soul, your own spirit, and realize that what God has created in you is wonderful. And maybe you lack that confidence in yourself right now. So don't hesitate to take some time each day, 5, 10, 15 minutes of reading a book, maybe picking up the Bible, finding that quiet time where you can be alone and you can search your own soul and where you're at. I know we do this to this day still. Now, is it every day for me? No, but many a days I am out there. I am reading. I am listening to new stuff. I am growing personally and taking action. And so if you need some time before you start looking into some of this, you know, doing a 60 days of sex challenge or a seven days of sex challenge, whatever it is, take some time, but have a plan. When are you going to take action? You know, put a date, put a drop dead date, you know, Hey, in four weeks, I'm going to talk to my spouse about this issue that we are dealing with in our, in our marriage and take time from now till then to just search yourself, 
Where are you coming from? Write down what, what issues you may be having, you know, talk about the past. Ah, sorry about that. And find out where you can grow. And just as we're wrapping up here, I do want to let you guys know that Tony has put up on the store mm-hmm. on one extraordinary marriage. When we're getting close to Christmas, you might be thinking, okay, what do I get? You know, I, I want to get this communication stuff. What, what do I do? You know, what's, what's that next step? And he's given you all a little early Christmas present. Mm-hmm. which I love because, you know, he's a giver like that. But there are some package deals that he put up there. And as we've been speaking around San Diego recently, a lot of folks are picking these up. They're priced just right for Christmas. I mean, for less than you know, a night out of dinner, you can give someone the gift of working on their marriage. And, and you know what I share at all of my events is that I don't know as you've been listening to today's podcast, if you're thinking about, you know, your best buddy, you know, your BFF, your Aunt Susie, or maybe you're thinking about yourself and you're like, you know what? I want 2013 to be different. I want us to work on our communication. I want, I want my girlfriend to have what we have. I want, you know, I want those things to change for either myself or for somebody else heading into 2013. And I really do encourage you as if you're thinking about, last minute Christmas gifts, what to get somebody to check out the packages that Tony put up. He put two packages up there. One is the seven days of sex challenge audio book and the he zigs, she zags audio program. And the second is the stripped down audio book along with the he zigs, she zags audio. These are fabulous resources that are going to change people's lives. Most of the people you know are giving gifts to probably don't need another pair of socks or another sweater Uh, Let's face it, you know, they might want one, but do they really need one? Uh, But to be able to give them the gift of an extraordinary marriage is, you know, it has the possibility to make you a hero in somebody's life. Yeah. And that's powerful. It really is. So go on over there. You can pick it up at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. You can just hit the, the store tab right there and you can look through everything we have. You know, it's a perfect time. We're moving into the new year, and it's always a great time. My goodness, this thing. I guess it's time for us to get off the air. My goodness, that bugs me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. All right, you guys. Have a great week. You can get in touch with us, 858-876-5663, or if you want to email us, info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. We love you guys, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>